0: Hey, folks. Glad you're with us. I'm Mark Serrano. This is Off Leash with my friend and colleague, Eric Prince. Eric, how are we doing? Good, thanks. How are you, Mark? Awesome. Awesome. This is great. Another episode. Here's what I want to do today. So I think neocons are basically driving us towards another world war. And what I want to do is, for everybody's benefit, let's start with sort of defining what is a neocon.
1: Back in the '60s, when the Democrat Party split to a extremely far pacifist left, the neocons kind of jumped towards a interventionist, leftist approach, and I would say that that paradigm has compounded itself over the years to a a ridiculous state now, and especially in the '90s, 2000s, and to the present, where it is a a statist, big government, interventionist approach to all foreign policy. And they're the ones that went, wanted to go hard after Russia, even after the the end of the Cold War, that's been pushing to expand NATO, that's, you know, to expanding NATO's borders right up into the Russia border. After there was commitments made in the 90s, we will not expand NATO at all. Right. Um, They were the ones that promised um uh to Ukraine that they would join NATO mm-hmm. and 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 all these things and so th- they are the ones that that gave us the Iraq war and the mm-hmm. debacle of the pullout mm-hmm. and so this same set of foreign policy so-called experts have made bad call after bad call after bad call and no one's ever called bullshit on them to say what are you doing? What are you doing with our sons and daughters? Because the biggest issue is they're the ones sending someone else's sons and daughters to go do the fighting and the dying and, and the ones that are ignoring the, the plight of tens of thousands of our veterans sitting at home, having been damaged by wars that uh, really didn't have much of a uh, a desired outcome for America. Right. And so now they're after wanting to, uh, to make Ukraine, Um, a NATO ally or whatever. Look, bad on Russia for invading Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Bad, dumb, wrong, evil. Opportunism. But they were very, the the, the neocons have been very unnecessarily provocative, backed by the military industrial complex, which is always happy to sell more overpriced weapons. Mm -hmm. And so the debacle that is Ukraine is compounding. And and, uh, again, the Republicans, with the power of the purse, can be the adults and, and pull us back from the edge. Um, NATO has proven itself to be quite useless. Feckless. Feckless. Still, only five of the 28 countries even spend 20, uh, 2% of their GDP on defense. So right. the neocons are leading us down a disaster, just like they did in Iraq, just like they never even figured out how to, how to govern or build real capacity in Afghanistan. I mean, they were the ones that were promising to Biden. The Afghan government will hold for at least six months to a year. <laughs> right. And it lasted Outrageous. what? A couple of weeks. So and again, the- no one is ever, ever called to account because the same, um, the same bull. If, if the elite universities that are producing all these neocons with all their, their uh, wonderful uh, graduate degrees from Harvard and Yale and wherever, if that's the best America's doing, then it's probably time to go back and recruit from the community colleges for our national security leadership. Yeah, because right. because the, the elite universities
0: are failing miserably. Funny you say that because Ivy League, this is according to Politico, Ivy League grads have a twenty percent better chance of being hired and earning promotions in the foreign service from the Ivy Leagues twenty percent better chance than from another university. Right that's exactly, you're saying it's this ideological, ideological pipeline coming from the elite, you know, universities, the Ivy leagues into our foreign service with this far leftist outlook. July
1: of 20, July 4, 2021, the summer that Afghanistan collapsed, the U.S. Embassy in Kabul felt it important enough to put their LBGTQ flag, all that in their announcement. That was the most important thing to them not the fact that the Afghan army was getting rolled up and that the country was heading towards absolute disaster. It, it's a completely, it's a mental detachment. It's a mental disease of how separated from reality these people are.
0: So a guy named Stephen Walt, professor of international affairs at Harvard, has written extensively about how foreign policy elitism has become a self-reinforcing system, in his words. The price of entry into the foreign policy establishment being, being the ability to convince the existing elites that you agree with their worldview. So it's groupthink. It's complete groupthink, right? Mm-hmm. And the ir- irony is neocon comes from neoconservatives, but it's not just cons- political conservatives. It's not it has it's nothing. To do the, with, it used it, to be the anti-war left. It has, now, now, to, it has nothing to do
1: with conservatives or or anything remotely conservative or small or limited government at all. It is the most expansionist, big state, big spending, big government. A um, uh, clumsy, stupid approach that America has done. Look, America does not understand how to how to be an effective partner in building capacity in all these other countries. Whether it's in Afghanistan or Iraq or the Sahel or Somalia, we go to these places and we have half half-assed activities which never actually finish the insurgency or build capacity. And it is such a rejection of anything that's worked historically in the past. And it it's the hubris of believing that if I just have more government money and more government time, that we're going to solve this. And, this and so we've spent it, trillions of dollars. No, no American of any, that can fog a mirror can look at Iraq or Afghanistan and say, great job, guys, let's do that again. But, this but, but no going one, on. none of the intellectual architects, none of the generals, none of the so-called smart people that are put in positions of responsibility have been held to account. And that goes for Bush administration people, Obama, Trump administration, even Biden administration. And how would, what
0: does, does that because, look like? because,
1: because even Trump, mistake, he did not fully control his national security apparatus. No, not at all. And, and yeah. the, the, it was, the, they were of the same paradigm, which is why he was constantly bucking heads with them. They never had a small government, um,
0: approach to foreign policy. Well, these are globalists that came into the populist sure. white house. And yep. so, you know, they were let in the front it's door. Like a, Turn to Unfortunately, punch he was, you know, he was uh, snookered into believing that they would uh, yep. follow through with his agenda and they were actually working against it. Uh, yes. And I, I, I hope Trump wins, but yep. he's got to get, I mean, personnel is policy. And
1: he's got to get that right.
0: Well, I, I think he's learned his lesson. I certainly, you know, based on the outcome from last time, I think there's no doubt that he has to take a different course with that. But staying on neocons for a second. So this is, this is groupthink in Washington. And they, we've completely sort of destabilized regions now. I mean, based on the Afghan withdrawal, clearly that neocon philosophy has prompted Devastating results in the world, right? For all the concern about
1: women's rights and human rights in Afghanistan, they have turned the page and ignored it. And for all the posturing and all the stuff that they thought was important, it got fed to them by you know at the end of a bayonet. Look at what the neocons did in Libya. Gaddafi might not have been great, but he at least kept order in the place. Kept order and right. and. They, they knock him over in 2011, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of weapons leak into the entire Sahel. And now you have eight coups in the last three years in the Sahel, uh, from this instability and the jihadi, uh, explosion that's
0: caused by that. Right. And look at It's the law yeah, of unintended now, consequences and they do lots of stupid shit. Yeah. The globalist, the neocon Hillary Clinton was scoffing about taking out, uh, Gaddafi. Yeah. Right. And, and him being dragged through the street and, and basically hung in effigy, his, his remains. I mean, she was scoffing at it, right? She was proud of it. She thought, oh, that's hysterical. We just took out Gaddafi. And it's, the country has been a disaster ever since.
1: And millions of people suffering unnecessarily. But it's this neocon approach. It's this interventionist approach interventionist. that if they think um, big U.S. government can recreate and, and, and order things the way that they dream it up, in the,
0: uh, in the classrooms of Harvard and Yale. So two more things on this. How would we hold accountability? What does that look like? If you're running an administration, what does that look like? Huh. Look, it's pretty simple to see what success or what failures people have had, and it's perfectly
1: acceptable to fire people, pull their clearances, and tell right. them to go find another career field. Right. Enough of this, enough. Here's the thing, we have an all-volunteer military that has a massive, massive recruiting problem now because of the way our political leaders have sent them into battle, waged war in half measures, and then pulled out. And, and for all the blood and sacrifice that these guys gave, their lives, their limbs, their mental health, their marriages, to have it pissed away by politicians, the guys and men and women, the veterans have a right to be angry and it causes a lot of people to not want to join the military if they're getting fed a bunch of woke nonsense, um, led by people that are towing the neocon line of, we're going we're gonna to sure. waste your efforts, we're going to waste the best years of your life doing half-assed police actions and re- in preventing you from winning. Diversity, equity, inclusion, that does not that lead does to not preparedness, not win that does, right? right? Not preparedness or does not win battles. We haven't had a great track record of finishing fights in America for
0: decades now. Last thing on this the uh, uh, industrial military complex. How are they fueling this neocon fervor, this interventionist fer- fervor today? Sure. Money. They
1: get appropriated a ridiculous amount of money. There's been a massive overconsolidation. Again, there's a whole other segment we're gonna do on overconsolidation of American industry. Mm-hmm but you've gone from a hundred major defense contractors down to five. Okay. And those five. In how much time over what period of time over the last 20 years? Yeah. And those five charge massively too much from the taxpayers for weapon systems that largely don't work that well in, in, in the, the kind of environments that they have to face today. And so whether it's Boeing spending a whole lot of money on the Kennedy center, and in this fellowship, or, or they, they sprinkle money around hundreds and hundreds of lobbyists, effectively a battalion of lobbyists between all those defense contractors, passing money to Congress, passing money to associations and, and fellowships for uh, Pentagon bureaucrats. So they, they reinforce the same groupthink of half measures and political correctness in how we wage wars. And it's the antithesis of a winning, efficient,
0: um, credible alternative. And by the way, there's there's no uh, checks and balances here because we don't declare war anymore. We just go to war. We don't cl- declare
1: war. Congress has done a terrible job of accountability for right. funds. Yep. And again, the lobbyists working for the Lockheed Northrop Boeings sprinkle a lot of money, especially to the appropriators in Congress, which keeps the money flowing. I mean, just... Now the Navy is retiring dozens of ships, the littoral combat ships, which earned the name Little Crappy Ships, uh, 15 up to 20 years earlier than they're supposed to. Some of those ships are only 10 years old and the Navy's retiring them because they're so ineffective at what they're doing. And that was a multi hundred billion dollar ship program, which doesn't fail. There is a litany of those fails. So, again, the neocons with the buddies in the military industrial complex, over consolidated, way overrepresented in, 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 with money in Washington, right. is a very, very unhe- unhealthy thing. And, and the people that are going to suffer are our sons and daughters serving the military if these idiots get us into a war in Europe or in Asia because we focused more on diversity and inclusion instead of actually on deterrence. And being ready.
0: And fraud and The wasted, foreign yeah.
1: policy of the United States should be that our friends love us, our rivals respect us, and our enemies fear us. And, and we don't have any of those any anymore. Of exactly. Well, and the, the, the Gulf, the Saudis, the Emiratis are pissed. Why? Because they, have, they thought they had a friendship, a partnership in the United States that we would back them up. And then the Iranians via the Houthis launch... Uh, attack drones and cruise missiles against their airports and oil infrastructure, and the U.S. does nothing. They does had a, that partnership from us three years ago. Sure they did. What does the Biden administration do? They paid $5 billion for some hostages to the Iranians. So again and again and again, we, we severely disappoint our, our friends, uh, our so-called allies. I mean, Rahm Emanuel, the super leftist a U.S. ambassador to Japan. Japan, instead of letting Japan focus on preparing and reforming militarily to deter China, Rahm Emanuel is jamming down all kinds of LBGTQ whatever nonsense on Japan. To so a
0: very conservative society. A very
1: conservative society. Right. And they're angry about it. Right. And they're saying, wait a minute, America, Are you, do you want us to focus on China or do you want to focus on sexual
0: deviancy? It's the latter. Absolutely. So... We're gonna get into how the neocons, the interventionists actually are trying to get us into war with Russia. We're gonna come back and talk about that in a minute.
2: Imagine a technology company built to restore your privacy, not take it away. You and your phone are constantly bombarded with tracking, surveillance, propaganda, and digital attacks. Even big tech companies claiming to protect privacy create their own back doors. Unplugged restores what's been lost, starting with a messenger, a VPN a mobile antivirus. The Unplugged app bundle gives you back what's rightfully yours. Unplugged. Restore your privacy.
0: Hey, folks. We are off-leash with Eric Prince, Mark Serrano. All right, Eric. We just had a great conversation about the neocons, the interventionists. Maybe never a better example of being sort of pushed towards war for the U.S. in, in a, a direct hot conflict than with the Russia-Ukraine.
1: Into war. a hot conflict with an opponent that has lots of nuclear weapons.
0: Exactly. Zeroed right? on Washington and all our key cities. Right. So, first of all, as of July 31, supposedly, I don't even believe this number. We have sent $76.8 billion to Ukraine. It's got to be well north. It's, gotta, it's probably double that.
1: I'm thinking that. it's 2x that. It's easily right,
0: Exactly. Especially
1: they can undervalue the, uh, the, the replacement costs of a lot of the inventory that's been sent there out of Pentagon So that's stocks. how
0: they hide the numbers. Sure. All right. And then, so total military-related aid, supposedly $46.6 billion. Again, got to be 2.x that. And uh, $28 billion was for weapons and equipment. Two x that, three x that, right? Way up, much higher. In comparison, we left what seventy eight billion dollars worth of equipment in Afghanistan. We have sold way past that number in Ukraine. And by the way, with no accounting, no accountability, no audit, no, no inspector general assigned. Right. And
1: and just just uh, ten days ago, before Zelensky came to New York, fired every deputy defense minister for corruption.
0: So. And so, so how do you maintain armed forces when you do that? Look, it's who they are, right? It's their nature. They've, they've
1: always had corruption issues. The, 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 the odd thing is someone needs to do a detailed study of how much gas, how much Russian gas has continued to flow through Ukraine, even during the war, Mm. how much of an enemy can they be if you're still selling their gas which of those oligarchs is still making money or is Zelensky making money on that deal? Or is there a, a Democrat, um, super donor, uh, that's making money on that deal. Yep. So the, that, that whole thing stinks. You can't tell me it's that much of an existential threat and fight for existence. If you still have Russian gas flowing across How the Ukrainian hell does that pipes.
0: work? How the hell does Zelensky allow for, for gas to be
1: transported? A good, that's a good question. I don't know if that's a backroom deal. To, to assuage some of the, uh, the other European so-called NATO allies or not. But it's, it is not ultimately America's fight. Um, it is wrong that the Russians invaded, that they mauled off that territory. But again, the neocons made a lot of moves, unnecessarily provocative. I actually provided a, a document uh, in December of 20, okay, three months before the invasion, Because I was then confident that the Russians were going to invade, it was not a, it was not a false flag, because I saw them canceling some actual weapons orders from leaving Russia. So that if they have real financial penalties, then it's not, um, they're not kidding. And at that point, the U.S. had announced that they were retiring two hundred combat aircraft: F-15s, F-16s, some A-10s. They're going to be flown during 2021 to the desert out in. Arizona, Davis-Monthan, the Boneyard, and parked, it was written off for all eternity. I said, "Fine, do a lend-lease, make an announcement. Na- uh, Ukraine will not be part of NATO ever, right? right. But they're going to have the means to defend themselves. Same difference, yes, effectively. Fine, but again, would not have it. Would have that would have been a two hundred and fifty million dollar option. Aircraft that are already written off to zero, a hundred million for." uh labor costs for contract maintenance and contract pilots 150 million dollars in weapons old weapons that you could send uh and use f-15s f-16s a-10s disperse them in ukraine and they would have had the means even if you had to use contractor pilots fine that would have stopped and deterred any invasion but again the invasion comes and and it has been bleeding ukrainian society and now I mean, they've lost hundreds of thousands of men able-bodied and women and men, civilians. Right? Their most, the most able-bodied, most capable, best fighters in Ukraine are now all are largely gone. dead. And that's going to have a multi-generational effect on their society because you're taking out the most, the, the best part of their gene pool has now been killed by Russian artillery. And, and, and the, the real mistake is that Ukrainian generals, through the, the promotion and, and um, thinking of the West has basically tried to out conventional war, a much bigger Russian army, which granted isn't perfect, but they're pretty good at conventional war yet, even if they take a lot of casualties doing it. And, and with this, this massive summer offensive that had all this promise using Western tanks, leopards and chieftain tanks from Europe,
0: and it's just, they they just basically drove into a big rototiller. So what is, so this is nuts. Let's talk about the summer offensive, right? This, you know, vaunted summer offensive. Lay it out for me. What what was, what were we supposed to see happen? The key thing is to cut off um,
1: uh, the Russians' ability to supply Crimea. Because the Ukrainians really want to retake Crimea. Right. And you've heard a lot about the Kerch Strait Bridge, which is this little, bridge uh, right there where the the purple dotted line is, that connects Crimea to the the, the mainland of Russia. So you're supposed to see um, maneuver warfare, basically combined arms, uh, like you would see the US Army did in Iraq in 2003, Mm -hmm. but nowhere near the the capability or the skill uh, to do that, especially, right? It's one thing fighting against the Iraqi army, it's another thing fighting against the Russian army in a very, very complex electronic warfare environment, okay, I would argue that even U.S. units that were dropped in to do that would have real trouble fighting against the Russians the way they are. Why? Because the Russians jam all the communications. So you put in your armor units or your mechanized cavalry units, and now they can't communicate with each other. They can't see where each other are. They can't call for fire. They can't coordinate. They have to drive through minefields. Okay, the the Battle of Kursk, which happened 80 years ago this summer, was the largest tank battle in military history. Right. 6,000 tanks, Nazi Germany versus the Soviet Union. And that happened just just north of Ukraine, uh, but very much the same flat terrain. Right. And there was a bulge in the Russian line around the city of Kursk. And the Germans were trying to do a pincer movement to attack from the north and the south. Right. And because of the Enigma code being broken, mm-hmm. Brits were aware of it, Right, leaked it to the Russians. So the Russians knew when, where, and how many um, Germans were going to be attacking. And the Russians went crazy on building multi-layered defenses. The same kind of conventional so that's the defenses same thing we see. you see now. And, and the Russian generals are not idiots. They know what the lines of attack the Ukrainians are going to take because you can't do it across the swamp, you're gonna avoid rivers, so it narrows your lanes of approach. And they have built layer upon layer of minefields, uh, dragon's teeth, all the other stuff with, um, overlaid with lots of artillery fire, and artillery fire that's adjusted with their own drones. And then now you've added in the other fact of these, um, it's called a Lancet, it's a, it's a suicide, a kamikaze drone, right, which can fly around, and poke a hole in the top of a tank, armored personnel carrier, or whatever. So it is an absolute buzzsaw for Ukrainian uh, infantry and, and, and armor to try to go through. That's why the you hear lots of noise. of Well, they've broken through the first layer of defense. Yeah, there's two and three more layers of defense to do. And even if they did all the way through there, you still need a massive logistics footprint for a unit to push through to keep moving because tanks... And and those kind of uh, combat units are very thirsty in fuel and in ammunition. So they, it's 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 more akin to a World War One style, very linear battlefield, just chewing up men and equipment. And on both sides. On both sides. Right. And the Russians, the Russians did not really put their A team forward. Now, the Ukrainians did. And so the varsity uh, is still on the bench? There is, there is still some varsity capability yet in Russia. And they've learned. And, and look, the Russian army uh, has a very high tolerance for pain, uh, shown again and again in, in World War I, in World War II. And even, you know, just remember uh, as late as the late 90s, early 2000s, the Russians lost 15,000 men in Chechnya fighting inside their own country, 15,000. How many did we lose in Iraq? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm 5,000. So they will take casualties and grind along and and they have a very different view on collateral damage. They don't care. And so we are not doing Ukrainian society any favors by keeping pushing, giving them this delusion that they're gonna take all their line back, let alone Crimea. You hear
0: a lot about trying to take Crimea, right? And this is, but this is the propaganda arm. This is Zelensky's propaganda arm. Is the and, U.S. And, government and, and, and the, the US, U.S. media and the in the U.S. Right? media painting right. this picture as if Ukraine is taking getting the advantage at and this it's, point. And, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's all bull.
1: It's not. It's that is they are separate. Even a lot of the generals, the so-called smart U.S. battlefield commanders that are thinking about how they fought in in uh, a counterinsurgency in Iraq or Afghanistan is a very different fight versus a, a mechanized armored Russian army dug in in familiar terrain. Crimea, absolute fool's Aaron, to think you're going to take that by amphibious invasion. Because you cannot, you cannot do amphibious operations unless you control the sea. They do not control the sea. The Ukrainians don't. Two, a, um, and you really need to control the air as well. And they do not control the air. If you try to do a, a, a land-based assault, there's a tiny little isthmus, it's only about five kilometers wide in the north, and you can imagine how much the Russians have layered in defense after defense after defense there. The only possible way to attack Crimea, there's, a, there's shallows just to the east of it, you could put a waiting kit on some of the leopard tanks, possibly, but again, it's a fool's errand, it ain't happening And, and, and countries have been fighting over Crimea for
0: centuries. But that's where the neocons want to push us into the war. Now let's look, let's look ahead. Push us
1: or push NATO, NATO allies? NATO. No way. There's not, there's no
0: effing way any American should set foot in Ukraine to fight. Right. But we'll, at a minimum, we're still spending hundreds of billions of dollars in this, what could be an endless war. So give me the outlook from here. We've got bad weather coming. Uh, Putin, sure. Putin has an election in the spring, right? So Putin's, what does it look Putin, like between Putin's now and bi- then? Putin's big mistake
1: was waiting until the Chinese Olympics were done. Because right. I'm sure Xi asked him to wait until the Winter Olympics were done. So this February of uh, 2022. right? Um, and Putin, if it was, Putin's going to go, he should have gone in December because he would have had hard frozen fields and he could have moved. The reason he had those those long logistics lines of 30 miles of trucks on roads is because the fields, right? What is a great farm field when it's got covered with snow and then it melts a big mud bog. Mm -hmm. And so the rains come in the fall. Now the fields are going to be muddy. So you're not going to see major movements at all until about December where it's hard frozen. Don't rule out an effective Russian counterpunch because I'm sure they have plenty of resources. They are getting resources from China. For their industry, they are definitely getting resources from North Korea, artillery sure. shells it's and all prox- of the, the proxies heavy, on both sides. The heavy consumables of war, they're getting them, and they had a they have an industrial base yet, and so don't rule out a Russian maneuver
0: warfare element to push back. And and Putin has the incentive to do that in December, yes. because he has a, an election. He has an election in, in March,
1: and and it, look, Putin is riding a tiger. He got very bad intel, thinking that he was going to be treated as the. Liberating, conquering hero right. by rolling into Ukraine. Right. He has hundreds of thousands of dead, hundreds of thousands of wounded, b- millions of pissed off family members. And so if he comes to that election without saying, rah, rah, we've delivered something great, he could be in trouble in the election. He's locked up his, his opponents, right. both um, on the, the free they're, speech ride, the Volney side, yep. and all the super Russian nationalists. Going to poison in them or imprison them. Yes, or they tend to fall out of windows. Right. Um, so he's riding a tiger, and he cannot try to step off that tiger. And so I, you know, we have to p- p- think they're gonna they're gonna stay in it until at least twenty twenty five, until there's a new uh there's until there's a
0: new White House administration. So let's take it th- Let's let's exit on this. What has th- been failed to be done by this White House? intentionally is defining an end game. Like, what is the goal? We're spending U.S. tax dollars that should, by the way, be spent on the U.S. southern border. Instead, it's being spent on the Ukraine border. They and will not define through an thousands,
1: end game. And, and churning through thousands of Ukrainian men. Right, and so
0: weekly, wh- what is the aspiration of the leftists who are running policy in this administration? What is their aspiration? There's no end game defined intentionally. We still spend money. We're not even using this current appropriations process, the right to hold back on the funds or make it more accountable. What's their aspiration? Do they want us in war with Russia? They have this delusion that they're going to defeat Vladimir Putin somehow. And
1: in, in, in this battle in Ukraine, it's not going to happen.
0: We're going to come back to this over and over again, because obviously we're stuck in a bog in this Russia-Ukraine yep. war. And U.S. national interest is not de- properly defined, correct? Correct. Look, Ukraine uh, surviving as a country, sure, fine, great.
1: But we don't have to enable and spend hundreds of billions of dollars for them to take back every, uh, every square meter of terrain that they claim. Where is that the is not our national they, interest. Where the hell are the NATO members? Why aren't they paying for this? Well, Germany is focused on green transformation, and they even closed... I think four or five of their nuclear power plants early to adhere to a green agenda. So 19. again, I'm 19, 19, sorry. After,
0: after, uh, the, the tidal wave is in, J- in Japan. Yes. That's all right. I think that, I think that I'll check. I think the number is 19. They shut down all of their nuclear power capability. And so yes. that made them the greenest source of power of all the great, the best source of power of yes. all. And which is why they needed Nord Stream 2. Yep. Right. Because all of a sudden they can't produce their own energy. So again, yeah, because the globalists running Europe worship the environmental
1: movement more than they they care for their own citizens. So they won't Independence step up and to pay no. their share, even though nope. their national security is more at risk. Germany is still not even paying two percent of their GDP into into defense spending. Despicable. Yeah, five out of twenty eight. It's it's a joke. Despicable. All Trump right. Trump is right to be pissed, and Trump was right to call him
0: on it. Right, and and it was working. Yep, they were starting to pay more of their fair share. Like a businessman called them out. Yeah, but a long ways to go. A long ways to go. All right, we're going to come back in just a minute here because you know what? Communications is fundamental to restoring freedom in America. We're going to tell you why.
2: Imagine a technology company built to restore your privacy, not take it away. You and your phone are constantly bombarded with tracking, surveillance, propaganda, and digital attacks. Even big tech companies claiming to protect privacy create their own back doors. Unplugged restores what's been lost, starting with a messenger, a VPN, a mobile antivirus. The Unplugged app bundle gives you back what's rightfully yours. Unplugged. Restore your privacy.
0: Hey, we're off leash with Eric Prince. I'm Mark Serrano. Thanks for coming back. Eric, you were a great success with Blackwater as the founder. It's one of, the, one of your, you know, uh, part of your identity now <laughs> publicly. People love the success of Blackwater. A lot of people want to know what are you up to now?
1: Well, Mark, after seeing uh, what happened around the 2020 election with big tech canceling certain conservative voices, throwing people off of certain app stores, censoring outright. Um, I said to a couple of friends of mine, someone needs to do an independent phone platform that is not subject to the whims of Google and Apple
0: Hell and yeah! <laughs> so, and, and, and the censorship is just mind blowing government sponsored censorship that took place. We need a fix yes, to that.
1: Yes. We so. have White House turning to law enforcement saying, suppress this speech. Law enforcement, FBI going to Google and Apple saying. Suppress that. Take that off of Twitter, off of Facebook, or whatever. That is Soviet-level um, Stasi-like performance. Right. And so, how do you fix it? We wanted a phone that is completely independent of that, that uh, that protects your privacy, um, where you own your data, that you can speak securely, and it is not subject to the whims of uh, a big government. So uh we've developed and we're uh it's called unplugged the phone uh you can now pre-order them we have 500 delivering uh in october um the pre-orders will uh will start to deliver in the thousands after that but the unique thing is it's our hardware okay if you really want to be secure it's not just a matter of software or an app you need hardware an operating system And secure messaging and we provide all those things so our phone our hardware is comparable in speed storage camera quality to what the big guys offer is that it this is it this is one of them it um it's not made in china specifically a supply chain not coming from anything uh, ccp controlled Another unique thing about our phone is it has an actual kill switch, an off switch. So when you shut it off, if you put your iPhone or your your other Android type device and you put it in airplane mode or you turn it off, it's still pinging. It's pinging pinging towers, it's pinging Wi Fi, and it still creates a digital breadcrumb trail of everywhere you're going and it's even listening. Okay? But this phone has an actual off switch so that off is off. It air gaps the battery. From the electronics. Okay. So our operating system is unique in that it doesn't have an advertising ID. Big tech right now, Google and Apple know where you go. They know who you call, what you buy, what you browse. Um, and they sell that data
0: to the tune of about $180 per year. They, they pick up on our conversations and feed us ads based on what they hear. Yeah. Everyone. Right? I've, I mean, everyone am I suspicious?
1: Or is that true? Everyone I've ever talked to recounts a time that they were talking about some very unique, rare theme, and then suddenly they're getting advertising on that very topic. Right. So it's not, we're not all paranoid. Nope. It's real. They're doing it one way or another. Modern cell phones have become basically a listening device to sell advertising, to provide advertising to you. This is the alternative to that. And I really learned it was also necessary when I managed to piss off my wife. And she sent me a scorcher of a text on WhatsApp and for the next two weeks she was getting nonstop advertising from divorce lawyers and from match.com. Right? Because WhatsApp monetizes everything you pass through, every call, every message, every picture, every voice note
0: is analyzed by their algorithm to push advertising to you. That happened to me too, except uh, my wife was getting messages about how to hire somebody to kidnap your husband. So it's the same difference. Be careful, be careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> so so <clears throat> hardware, our
1: operating system, okay, our, our operating system default protects you from, um, um, from all the hooks that the apps that you may want to use uh, from putting their stuff in. We also have a, a thing called a privacy center, which effectively um, yep. behaves like a firewall, a firewall on your phone so you can have settings as to, to what things you allow access into your phone and what things you have a hard no shut off. So
0: basically, social media accounts, browsers and such, those, they're constantly clawing away your, yes. your data and your information, right? And, this, and, and we provide the means for your phone to say no. And as a, as a user of those platforms, whether it's social media, as the user of my phone, when I'm you know signing off, on my contract or the terms of service for using Facebook or whatever, I'm basically agreeing that they can sell my data, right? They're Right. Even when you, and you, when you sign up
1: for the phone use from Google or Apple, their user agreement says, yeah, basically we're harvesting your stuff and are going to resell it. Our operating agreement says we're not collecting,
0: analyzing any of that. All right. How about somebody shows up to you with a subpoena looking for the data for a user who owns your phone?
1: We don't because we've have, seen a lot with, of that.
0: Sure, with and, with and, uh, and, Apple and iPhone, and and we iPod. are
1: we are intentionally
0: set up for that,
1: because we don't have any of your user data, and if it passes through our server, it's encrypted, and we don't have the keys to it because the keys, uh, the encryption keys, are generated between your phone and whoever you're communicating with. So we are out of that at all. So the FBI is so tough luck. Correct. We even have a dump feature that if someone. Um, uh, Takes your phone and say unlock it, and I want to see what
0: it is. You can enter a certain code, and it will be wiped. All right. So a lot of people today are so mistrusting of all the big institutions, the big corporatists, the, the big corporations. With and so good forth, reason. With good reason. Uh, okay. So tell me, like, who's your marketplace? Who's gonna who are you gonna target for buying that? We figure right. there's three buckets of customers. One would be anyone
1: that's in blockchain currency or using uh, any kind of banking app from their phone because their phone is doesn't have an advertising ID, and it's very hard to hack, um, it's, um, that's one customer user. Second would be the entire free speech crowd. Left, huge. right, or center, people that want to have uh, free access to information that they control uh, are a natural user. Because we have our own app store, we can even have apps that have been thrown off of a lot of the other app stores because Silicon Valley didn't deem them politically correct. That's like huge. even a, a dating app for people that are not vaccinated. If that's what your groove is... You allow it. We allow it. Apple doesn't. Silicon Valley does not. Right, okay. Exactly. And third would be any kind of professional doctor, lawyer, um, uh, uh, intelligence person, oil field people, anyone that's traveling to weird places that wants to have secure communications and not leave a digital breadcrumb trail of everywhere you go and everyone you interact with. If you value your privacy,
0: Unplugged is for you. This is huge because, look, the the... The people who are panicked about what they saw in the twenty twenty election and the shutting down of conservative voices. Yep. uh, You know, I mean, you're not just going to target the conservatives, but they're going to come to this in droves because of their concerns. You can run it. Of course, it needs a SIM right to operate to connect
1: to data, but you can even run it off a hotspot, off a Wi-Fi or Starlink or whatever. So there's lots of ways as long as you get data service. It is the uh, a portable secure
0: communications device. Awesome. Okay. Great to hear about this. You're putting your money where your mouth is. What I love about this, is because you're living it. Yep. You see the problems with America. You see what's happening with us. And, and the Marxists trying to take over, and our, our way of life is literally at risk. This is going to fight back on that culture. Free speech and secure communication are essential for a free people. Awesome. All right. We're going to talk a lot about Unplugged in the future. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, this is Off leash with Eric Prince. I'm Mark Serrano. Let's catch up with you next time. Thanks a lot.